Amen. Good morning again. What a great morning. I don't know about you, but I sense God's presence this morning. God was really trying to break in and speak to us this morning. You know, sometimes we come in with a spirit of heaviness and God wants to lift it. He wants to lift it straight away. He doesn't want us to, to live under that heaviness that we feel sometimes when an enemy comes in and just puts oppression on and does all sorts of things to make us feel heavy-hearted this morning. But God has broken in. Nothing is impossible with God this morning. Amen. Amen. Okay, if you have a Bible with you, will you turn to uh, Ephesians chapter 3? Okay, I want to speak to you about a subject that everybody knows this morning. And as soon as I mention the subject, everybody will know it. We, We preach about it, we talk about it, we sing about it probably more than anything. I want to speak to you on the love of God this morning. And let me, thank you. I want to speak to you about the love of God this morning. I feel when I was studying this to bring this this morning, I feel as if I was standing in front of an ocean with a thimble and fold it up from the sea and came back and tried to tell somebody what the sea is like from a, from a thimble full of water. That's how deep I feel the subject is about the love of God. And I think Paul felt the same way when I read this passage to you. Now, I'm going to be reading some scripture this morning. I am anxious to get to the best bits because you know what I'm like. I want to just get there. But I can't do that this morning. I'm restraining myself because this message is so important for all of us. So there will be a few scriptures and you're going to need to bear with me. But I pray with all my heart this morning you hear what the Holy Spirit is saying for you and me. This is Paul the Apostle and he's writing to uh, the Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 3 verses 14 to 19. For this reason I kneel before the Father from whom the whole family in heaven and on earth delivers, derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches He may strengthen you with power through his spirit and your inner man so that Christ may dwell in your heart through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have the power together with all the saints to grasp how wide, how long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know that this love that surpasses knowledge that may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is working within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Paul, I want to speak to you about the dimensions of God's love. The dimensions of it. Paul's trying to measure something in his head. It's it's so vast. It's so wide. It's so long. It's so high. It's so deep. He's saying, I'm praying for your church. I'm praying that with all the power of Christ, with all the riches that are in Christ, you will be able to grasp the love of God for you and for me. I mean, love. There's been so many songs about it. Think of the love songs. We know we all love a good love song. You know, 
poems. We don't do it now, but letters. I remember when Fiona wrote me a letter. She actually wrote me a letter. The very first letter, and it says at the bottom, I love you. Remember, I put it at the side of my bed. Every five minutes, I'd pick it up again. I'd be, like, I'd be reading it again. Have you ever done that? you got a card, and it says, I love you, from somebody who really values you. You see, you need to realize that God's love for you is not valued on your behavior or your position or your title or your class. You see, I have a 20-pound note here. Okay, this is 20 pounds. The value of this is 20 pounds. Okay, I'm not going to spit on it, but if I did, I hate you. You're nothing. It's not lost its value one bit. It's still 20 pound. And people in our world are broken, spat upon, called by different names, called foolish, called stupid, called idiots, called nobodies, called nothing. And whether they walk, sometimes they walk into the Hope Center like skeletons, not been eaten, not combed their hair, matted hair, bruises on their eyes. But the love of God does not love them any less because they're no less valued because they're crushed. The value is still 20 pounds. There's not a person sitting in a seat here who's ever been broken, dusted, or busted. No matter what your background is, no matter what your class is or your upbringing, you are valued by God because you're a human being created by God and for God. And God loves you this morning. No less valued. But we don't look at ourselves very valued when we look we look at that but if you could see what he could see and Paul was saying oh I've got it I wouldn't be able to minister the way I do if I thought about my past for what I've done but I've captured how wide how deep how long I better go on with a sermon or we're going to be here for a long time He's trying to get the terminology of the vastness of this love that I don't think we've truly grasped. The love of God is no small subjects. That's why I, I said I feel like I've came with a thimble this morning. So you're going to need to show me grace as I preach it. Paul wants the church to experience it. He wants every Christian to grasp it. Paul is saying love reaches every aspect of life. The sacrifice of love, the act of love. We talked about men who give their lives for their country. We have a king who gave his life for this world. He's talking about this sacrificial love. God never sent an angel, never sent another person, never made somebody special to come. Now he said, I'm going to send my son. I am going to show you how valuable you are to me. I'm going to show you the price I paid for you. I'm going to show you no matter how deep in the pit you are, that I was willing to send my son for you. It's a sacrificial love. The Bible says, whoever believes, all people, all race, all creeds can come and experience this love. I'm going to read another passage of scripture to you, with you. And you are going to 
have to just be a little bit patient as I read it out. But it's such an incredible story as I was reading it last night. So bear with me and stay with me. I, I, I do feel you are with me. It says, Manasseh was 12 years old when he became king. And he reigned in Jerusalem for 55 years. He did evil in the eyes of the Lord, following the detestable practices of all the other nations the Lord had driven out before the Israelites. He rebuilt the high, the, the high altars his father Hezekiel had demolished. He also erected altars to Baal and made Asher poles. He bowed down to the starry hosts and worshipped them. He built altars and temples of the Lord, of which the Lord had said, my name will remain in Jerusalem forever. In both courts of the temple and of the Lord, he built altars to all the starry hosts. He sacrificed his own sons in a fire in the valley of Ben-Hamon, practiced sorcery, divitation, witchcraft, consulted with demons and spirits. He did much evil in the eyes of the Lord, provoking him to anger. He took the carved images he had made and put them in God's temple, which God had said to David and to his son Solomon, in this temple and in Jerusalem, which I have chosen out of all the tribes of Israel, I will put my name forever. I will never, not again, make my feet of Israel. Leave the land I assigned to your forefathers, if only they will be careful to do everything I commanded them. Then it says in verse 9, But Manasseh led Judah and the people of Jerusalem astray, so that they did more evil than all the nations the Lord had destroyed before Israel. Nearly finished. Then the Lord said to Manasseh and his people, But they paid no attention, so the Lord brought against them an army of kings of Assyria. Now listen to this. Who took Manasseh prisoner, put a hook in his nose, and bound him with bronze shackles and took him to Babylon. In his distress, he sought the favor of the Lord, his God, and he humbled himself greatly before the Lord, and he prayed to him. And the Lord was moved. And the Lord was moved entreatedly and listened to his plea. So he brought him back to Jerusalem and to his kingdom, the Messiah, and he knew the Lord's. How wide? How long? How high? How deep? God was moved. Did, did you hear what he done? Yeah. Killed his children. Put them on an altar. Done worse than any other nation. Put a hook on his nose. Oh, he'll discipline you. But you're no less valued. All he done was humble himself. And God was moved. Manasseh, I don't love you any less. I'm coming for you. I'm going to take that hook at your nose. I'm going to bring you back. I'm going to restore you. And I'm going to let you be king again. I'm like, no. Let's batter him. Let's not forgive him. Let's not show grace. That's why the Pharisees were standing. 
And Jesus said, if you knew how deep my love was, how many people are standing around people with stones in their hands, ready to throw at people? And God says, no. God, Jesus, take these stones from my hand and let me show the love of God. Take these stones from my heart. Oh, anybody happy today that where sin abounds? Grace abounds much more. Hallelujah. He loves us. We're imperfect. He who started a good work is going to finish it. Just live with me long enough. I won't be who you think I am, I'll tell you that. David. Psalm 139. Listen to what he says. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go to the heavens, you're there. If I make my bed in the depths, you're there. If I rise up on the wings of dawn, if I settle in the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me, your right hand will be with me. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light will become day, even the darkness will be light to you. In other words, God said, David's saying, I, can, I can't get away from your love. And then you read in Hebrews 11, 32. You should read it, it's brilliant. You read down the list of all the heroes and it goes, Abraham, and you think, amen, brilliant. Gideon, you think, come on, I want to be in this list. And it goes through, great men and women of God. And then you read this, Hebrews eleven thirty-two, 32, men of women in faith. And then it says, Samson. I thought, what's he doing there? <laughs> what's Samson doing in Hebrews 11? God, have you forgot all about this man's life? Have you forgot he dishonored your name? Have you forgot he was a leader who dishonored your name? He was a judge who should have known better who dishonored your name. He was a leader who should have honored. He had a brilliant start. An angel came to his mother. All he had to do was no drink. Love a good life. Your spirit came on him. You gave him the favor of God. He killed a thousand men with a donkey jawbone. This guy, but he slept with Delilah. Night after night, he went into the tent and dishonored your name. They took his eyes out and cut his hair. The man of God was doing the work of a donkey. Samson. Wow, how wide. How long? How high? How deep has the love of God? Yeah. Or oh, if you're really, if you're really a, a person who's living in the light, if you're honest about the journey you've had, you'll be up dancing by the time this message is over because we've all fallen short of the glory of God. It was grace that brought me safe this far. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Hallelujah to the love of God. Hallelujah. Samson, no. And here's the worst thing, the Lamb's book of life. There's going to be some names in there and I'd like to rub them out. My name's in it, and yours is in it, and a lot of people think they shouldn't be. But how wide, how long, 
How high? How deep? Lord, fill my, th- fill my thimble again. I've still got a wee bit to go. Jacob. You know what his name means? Let me, let me paraphrase it. Dirty, filthy, rotten, scheming, liar. Thief stole his brother's birthright. You can get a, you, you can, you can get a blessing by pretending, pretending who you're not, but it won't last. 20 years later, 20 years how wide, how long, how high, how deep. Imagine God had given up on him in year and we wouldn't have done it. You talk about love is patient. 20 years later, God meets Jacob in the garden. 20 years later, 20 years. I mean, he'd been lying and cheating and scheming and working for 20 years. I'm like, God, what? I mean, then God says to him 20 years later, it's brilliant. See, God doesn't worry about time. So when God does meet him, the first thing he asks him, 20 years later, okay, what's your name? And he goes, well, Jacob. And he went, no, I can work with you. Here's the amazing thing about that story. This is what God says. Jacob, have I loved. Twisted, bent, not right. But when God's got his hand on you, he's got his favour on you. He said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. Or the places he's crawled into with me. The pits he had to come into to get Jay Fallon. Jacob. Have I loved? You see, he died to redeem Jay Fallon. Jacob, have I loved? You see, I loved Jay Fallon so much that I sent my son and put him on a bit of wood and hammered nails into his very flesh and blood spattered out of his body and run his head and crowns of thorns on his head and they punched him and he was marred more than any man. And I'm thinking, but for this... You'd understand if you died for Israel. The finished result, but this? How wide? <laughs> How high? I'm, honestly, I'm trying to keep my feet on the ground because... I feel like a rocket at the bottom of my feet at the moment, but I'm trying. God told me, restrain yourself. <laughs> How high? How deep? Remember the prodigal? Back to the Father. Here's what the Father never said. Told you that would happen. That's what we would do. Well, maybe you wouldn't. You'd be like, I told you I was right. Told you what it was like all I want. Had a sneaky suspicion myself. 
stomach was churning and all that. I knew it. Something no right about her. She's no right in the head. See him walking back. Oh, he's not the son. <laughs> no. He was so privileged. He's not the son. Let me tell you who walked back. <laughs> From the pig pen. But he'd not lost pastor. He had not lost his value of a son. One I ota. And the father goes running. You love me because I first loved you. And he comes running. We'd have been at him a few weeks to see if he's really, 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 really repented. <laughs> Let's see if he really means it. You know what? You might love is dangerous. Because you might get burnt again and again and again and again and again. But it's no need when somebody comes through those doors who are backslidden to be suspicious. But grab them and hug them and say, you were dead, but now you're alive. I'm just glad you're back. How high? How wide? How deep is the love of God this morning? Come on. Somebody help me here. How high? How wide? How deep? How long? I'm just glad you're back, son. He who started a good work is going to finish it because he's faithful. You're no less valued this morning. God's wide enough for everybody. Let he who has not sinned cast the first stone. Oh, you'll find something on me. The devil tries to find something on me quite often. He's called an accuser of the brethren. But there's an advocate, there's a lawyer standing and gone, not guilty. Shove off. (laughs) Not guilty. Bought at a great price. I'll tell you, those who have shown grace will be shown grace. None of us are there yet. But it's not about us this morning. I don't want to talk about our love. Because we'll only feel condemned. I'm here to tell you about his this morning. John 14, 9. We love him because he first loved us. I'm nearly finished. Not... Hosea, go and marry a prostitute, a prophet he's talking to, go and marry a prostitute and have children with her and love her the way I love Israel. I don't know where he had to go to get her, but I'll tell you that was some walk and he gets her and he marries her and they have children. And it's all happy. And then she does a runner. She actually goes back to her old life. The way I read it, she ends up back in the sex slave. She becomes a slave. And God says to her, says to him, go and find her. 
Imagine that journey. Where would this man of God need to go to find his wife, whose name was Gorma, and all of a sudden he sees her, maybe tied on a chain to a pole to the highest bidder, a sex slave being used by men, slept with day and night, stinking, filthy, back in that lifestyle, and here's Hosea, because God told him, find her again. And then when he finds her, he goes up and he says, I'll have my wife back, and the guy goes, hold on a minute. <laughs> I don't care if she's your wife. If you want her back, you're going to need to pay for her. You see, you're his. You are, you are twice his. You are his by creation. Then the enemy came and done that, and we were all bound. We were rightfully his. We were rightfully his. But legally, the enemy had put the world in sin and bondage, and somebody had to come legally and set us free. So the king came. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, and like Gormer, like Hosea, said, I love you, I'm married to you, I will never give you a bill of divorce. Not only are you mine by creation, not only are you mine by right, now I'm going to pay a price and buy you back, and nobody can ever take you from my hand again, because I bought you with a great price. Hallelujah for the cross. What a price he paid. He came and bought us back. While we were still sinners, he died for us. We read in the book of Jude. The book of Jude says this, keep yourself in the love of God. Do you know what? You would be amazed how many people doubt God's love for them. You would be staggered. I'll tell you this, I have never doubted my love for God how could I, the background I came from, I'm just grateful for everything. But I'll tell you this, I've doubted his love for me. And I'll tell you why I've doubted it, because I know Jay Fallon's heart. And there's thousands of people. And if you doubt God's love for you, if you don't truly fully grasp how wide, how deep, how long, how high this love is, you're never going to experience continuous joy and peace in your life. You're going to be tossed about every time, does he? It's like, remember the wee petals you used to get when you were young? Don't know if you've ever done it with your girlfriend. She loves me. She loves me not. I worked it out brilliant. I actually calculated it. It ended on love. She loves me. She loves me not. She loves me. She loves me not. And God says this morning, stop it. Stop that. I'm your father. And I love you. Not love you not. I love you. I am love. I don't need to try and love you. Do I try and love you today? I need to try and love the church. I need to try and love those. I need to try. I'll try, try. Oh God, give me grace. I'm trying today because I'm going to rip somebody's. Oh, I'm going to. Oh, I'm trying. I'm trying. He doesn't get up like He's not like us. He's nothing like us. God is love. He can't do anything but love you. I hope you believe me. I hope you believe me. But you'd be amazed how many people, you'd be amazed how many people doubt God's love. You'd be a doubt how many people are trying to get God's love by 
by performing and by acting and trying to be what you're not. And God says, you can try all day. You can't add another tear, another prayer, another bit of fasting. They're, they're all good things, but it won't make me love you any more or any less. I've called you. I love you. You're on the team. How well you play is up to, up to you. Where you play is up to me, but you've been handpicked. You're on the team. Romans 8, and we really will be nearly finishing. Romans 8, 31. What then shall we say in response to this? In response to what? In response to all this sacrifice, all this love, all this covenant-keeping God, loving kindness, mercy, and it's new every morning, and a love that never comes to an end. How shall we respond to all of this? If God is for us. <laughs> this is Paul. He's like, I've, I've got it. I get the height, the width, the depth, the breadth. It doesn't matter. God loves me. So if God is for me, it only stands to reason. Who can be against me? He did not spare his own son, but gave us up for us all. How will he also along with him graciously give us what? All things. Somebody say All. He's not going to hold anything back from you. He gave you his son. Who will bring a charge against God's elect? Who? It is God who justifies. It is he who condemns. Christ Jesus who died. More than that, who raised his life again. It is the right hand of God making interceding for us. Who shall separate us? Not what, who? Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble, hardship, persecution, famine, nakedness? No. Then verse 37, this is my last verse nearly. No. In all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Now listen to the apostle, what he's saying to the church in Derby this morning, no Ephesians, Derby, Derby Church, I'm convinced that neither life, nor death, nor angels, nor demons, nor present, nor future, nor power, neither height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Amen. Amen. Well done. Thank you for having the courage to do that. The thimble is emptied the best I could empty it. And Manasseh humbled himself and God was moved. You'll never be out of his reach because his reach is too long. You'll never be so low because his love is so deep. You'll never run away from him because his love is so wide. <laughs> and find the other one yourself. To each other a bit of grace now and again. There's still a bit of Jacob in me. 
Now and again, look up and see if there's any stones in your hand. Turn them around and make sure we love one another. At least to the revelation we have. But most of all, remember this this morning. The Father loves you. And I pray this morning that you will grasp how high, how wide, how deep, how long the Father's love is. Thank you. Anybody else before we finish? I can wait from the balcony. Thank you. That, that was moving, actually. Thank you. Oh, got me that did. Let's stand. Maybe you've came to church this morning and you don't know Jesus. Um, you know, he loves us. <laughs> I wish I could sing. I'd sing that song. But I want to tell you, if you don't know Jesus this morning, you need to know this. And I'm going to say this, and all of us need to get this. You see, his love is, it's love to, C.S. Lewis said it like this. God, it's God's love to imperfect people. He's no waiting till we're the finished article. God loves you so much. Hey, hold on, hold on. I'm not leaving without this. <laughs> No, no way an accent like this, I'm not. <laughs> but listen to me for a minute. It's unconditional love. It's unconditional love. Let me say that again. Unconditional love to imperfect people. A lot of our love is conditional. To get. He said, I have, I have unconditional love. Do you think God didn't know how many times I'd be backslidden in my heart, how many times I picked up stone, and how many times I gossiped? And he said, he knew it all. And he said, you were still worth it. If you don't know Jesus today, maybe you've had an amazing background and amazing parents and happily married, but inside you say, you know what, there's still a, the the things don't fulfill me. I'm grateful, but they don't, I feel empty. Maybe there are others who come in and you say, my heart is broken, I've tried to fix it. I want to say to you this morning, for God so loved the world, he gave his only son. And whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. If you simply say this this morning, Jesus, I need forgiveness and I need your love. Come into my life. If you say that prayer, then come and see me. Or go to the welcome guest and tell somebody, and we'll give you some leaflets, and we'll tell you how you can go on with the Lord Jesus Christ. And for others here who have doubted the love of God, and you've been on the road a long time, listen, God knows you doubt. He's not condemning you for it, but it's time to get soaked in the word and start believing how wide, how deep, how long, how high the love of God is for all of us. God bless you, and have a great morning. Amen.